Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. Boy, oh boy, I feel like it has been a dog's age since I did a solo episode. I hope I can remember how to do one. Um, I guess it would depend on like what dog's age we're talking about here since it's actually been since August 25th. So that'd be a pretty young dog if it were in fact a dog's age. Anywho, speaking of dogs, this episode is going to be about dogs. But even if you're not a dog person, don't worry, hang in there. I'm just sharing a couple of stories about dogs, but they're going to have other takeaways, I think. Good ones that I think you'll like. No guarantees, though. I've never guaranteed that you will like anything I do. More about that at the end. So a while ago, um, I stopped naming my episodes like clever names. I think it was like sometime back last year. And now I just stick to a more normal title like like such and such and such a conversation with so-and-so. But today I decided to venture off a little bit and go with like a little more canine inspired title so that you kind of knew what you were getting into before you started listening. And that might result in less listeners. And that is okay. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the She Built This podcast. My name is Emily Aborn. I'm the owner and founder of She Built This, which is an amazing community for women entrepreneurs and professionals. I'm also a content writer. And usually at the beginning of these episodes, I introduce myself and the She Built this group. And I also have oodles of news and events to tell you about. Honestly, this month, today, it is no exception, but I really want to make this episode like a nice little story time with you and me so you can find out all about what's going on and get on the mailing list where you'll get news in real time at shebuiltthis.org. And I would love for you to connect with me in that way and learn more about what we're all up to in there. So without further ado, welcome to Storytime with Emily. (laughs) Uh, About a month ago or so, um, Jason and I, my husband, decided to embark on the quest of getting a second dog. And no, that was not an intended pun, but it is a pun. So we had four reasons we decided that we wanted to get a second dog. And this is in no particular order. Reason number one. We thought Clyde would love a friend. He's a very social guy and he hasn't had like a canine pal that he can really call his own. You know, he's had interactions here and there, um, but no one really that he can just connect with as a pal. So we also want to help him grow a little bit in his own confidence and be confident and uh, bold enough to hang out at doggy daycare and just do things like that. Um, He's not great at letting us go. So we were hoping a friend would really help him to get to the next level with where he is in his own confidence journey. Reason number two, like I said, these are in no particular order. I have so much love to give to a second dog. Like it's kind of disgusting and sick how much love I want to give a second animal. Number three, Jason is like the animal whisperer and dogs love him and he loves dogs also. And number four, uh, we wanted to save a dog and also give it a great life and an opportunity to be its very best self. So 
With those four reasons in hand, onward we went on to the great dog adoption journey of 2021, which is not an easy one, let me tell you. To start, bringing in a second dog is a lot harder than bringing in your first dog because with your first, I think you're a little bit more naive and oftentimes you just kind of get flung into it and you don't even really know what you're getting flung into. Someone in my, the way we got Clyde is that someone in my BNI group actually showed me his picture on their cell phone back in 2015 and was like, hey, are you guys looking for a dog? Do you want a dog? And I was like, uh, we want that dog. <laughs> so we said yes. And then we asked the owners who were giving him up. Um, they just had busy, busy work schedules and were finding that they had to keep poor Clyde in a crate uh, really, really often. And it just wasn't the best because he had a lot of energy. So we made sure to ask them a lot of questions, uh, though I think at the time we weren't even really sure of all the questions we should be asking. Clyde was a rescue and he came to us with some pretty high anxiety and also some interesting quirks. And they didn't tell us 100% of the truth, but they did tell us a lot of a, a lot of things about him. So we kind of knew some, but but we we didn't even know really what we didn't know. Um, so as first time dog owners, we had the opportunity to kind of learn as we went. And we also are lucky enough to have a really great dog trainer in our family, and she is just super quick to help us troubleshoot and answer any questions that we have. Well, with the second dog, uh, in considering getting a second dog, we knew a lot more about what was involved and what kind of life-altering commitment this is and what kind of confidence and skill that you need as a human to bring to the table as a dog owner. And we also knew how important it is to really start from the day one reinforcing positive behavior. So much easier to train than untrain. And it kind of reminds me of the difference between when we started our first business and when I ventured and started my second and my third business. With the first business, there was a lot on the line for us. Um, but I do feel that we weren't entirely aware of everything we were getting ourselves into at the time. We were a bit naive. We didn't know that after taking out half a mortgage and small business loans and putting our hearts and souls into the business every day, all day, we would pretty much be still eating, sleeping, and breathing our business. So for my second business, I'll say that there was a lot less on the line financially. Um, it was actually really more of a decision of was I going to get a, a different kind of job or was I going to start a second business? And I had a lot more connections and I'd made a lot more like progress in that world. I'd learned so much, but I was a lot more cautious and I really wanted to be sure that I did it, air quotes, right. I did way more personal exploration when starting my second business, asking myself what I liked, what I didn't like about my current business. And I really started to like kind of follow those curiosities and passions, like my little wish list for my next my next act. And I read everything I could about the different businesses that I might start. I even went so far as to try various things out for a little bit of time, from being a virtual assistant to getting my real estate license. I, I really took like a lot of time in the experimental phase, uh, determining what worked and what didn't, which is, you know, it's just funny 
I think with all of this knowledge that we had going into getting our second dog, we approached it with kind of this similar wish list. You know, after we started doing the meet and greets, we started learning what would be a really good fit, what wouldn't, and we made a list of things that we really that were really important to us to find, and then things that were fine but like not necessary at the beginning because obviously no dog is perfect when they come out of the gate. That is up to us to help them be their very best selves. The first dog we met, I definitely thought he was going to be the one. Like I showed his picture to everyone. His name was Jacoby. And I literally dreamt about him and Clyde lying together in the grass, fast pals, and just living it up like best brothers. I just thought it was going to be magical. Well, we went to go meet Jacoby and he was okay. He was, he was, Clyde and him seemed kind of like meh to each other. Not good, not really bad. Um, and in my head, I think I'd put so much stock into this meet and greet. You know, I, I really wanted fireworks, um, but that I didn't even really know that that's not how it all works. <laughs> so as we were driving away, you know, we were talking about it and I felt like it was a pretty good fit if it were just Jason and I. Um, but overall, he was like a seven on a scale of one to 10 for our situation. And there were some unanswered questions about like him and interacting with the kiddos. And we really, not our kiddos, but our nieces and nephews. And we just really want to make sure that, you know, we're setting ourselves up for success down the road. So we said we would think about it and we did. And in the time that we kind of stewed over it and thought about it, um, Jacoby did get adopted. So funny enough, in a recent She Built This workshop, we were, we kind of kicked off by talking about how we were all doing that day on a scale of one to 10. As we went around the room, everyone was sort of sharing from that prompt um, what they were going through and experiencing that week. And Tori Burke, one of our VIP members, piped in and shared something that she saw online the other day about eliminating, I think it was Adam Grant, um, about eliminating a seven from your one to 10 point scale. So she was saying like, you can, so what are you on a scale of one to 10? What is it on a scale of one to 10, but you can't choose seven. And she was saying how if it's, it's, it's like, if it's a seven, that's pretty damn near a six and a six sucks. And if it's not a seven, it's an eight, which an eight is great. So you don't really want a seven anything, do you? Like you don't want a seven job. You don't want a seven spouse. You don't want a seven friend. You don't want a seven dog. If it's a seven, it should be a no. And I liked that a lot. And so I used that in my dog search, in our dog search going forward. All right, let me continue with the search for the right rescue. The second dog we met was Veronica. Now, Veronica, she got me. She was a total peanut and sweetheart, but she was really, really timid and everything from walks to stairs to men uh, made her really, really nervous. And it was hard to get a good read on her um, and how she would be long-term. Clyde took to her really nicely, gave her a super duper ear cleaning, slobbled, slobbered all over her. It was just lovely. Um, but it took her like a solid hour to even let me pet her. And that was after I was sitting in the grass next to her and her foster mom for a really, really long time. So when we drove away from that one, you know, I was like, I love her. And Jason really helped me to visualize what it would look like if, you know, she could never go anywhere with us because she hated the car or if she was too scared to ever let any of our family members come near her. And I do think that that would be really rough for all parties involved. 
it was a little more than we were ready for at the time. So Veronica would be a perfect fit and she will be a perfect fit for a single probably woman. Um, Men weren't really her thing, it seemed, from what her foster mom told us. And, you know, someone who just doesn't have a lot going on, doesn't travel a lot, and has lots and lots of peace and calm. Lastly, the third dog. I broke our Aborn golden rule with the third dog. In my head, I had like this very Pollyanna optimistic thinking, thinking third dog is the charm, right? You know? Um, So our golden rule is, well, we actually have two. Number one, all 16 paws, mine, Jason's, Clyde's, and the new dog have to be raised as a yes. And the other golden rule was that we all had to go together to the meet and greets. Well, I think at that time I had like dog fever. So I decided to go by myself to meet Mr. Sawbuck. Sawbuck was beautiful. He was a brindle and he was very, very social. Um, I ended up meeting him at the facility and I walked along a staff member after initially meeting indoors in an enclosed room. The whole place felt a little bit anxiety producing. It was just kind of like a heightened experience. And Sawbuck was just packed full of energy. And he was also very strong. Like if he had it in his mind that he wanted to go chase something, there was no way that he would not just pull me along with him. And I think that it was kind of somewhere along that walk that Sawbuck decided I was easy to bowl over. So when we got back to the facility, they put me in that room with just me and my pal Sawbuck all alone. And I will say, I had like this moment, I had a wave of fear come over me and I, and that was when it was really all over. He saw me as a very easy target and I, I'm pretty sure it was over before it even started. So I drove away. I had some nicks and bruises on my legs and I saved my wrists, thank goodness. Um, but I said to myself, okay, we, that we need to keep the search going. Now, some of these facilities want you to adopt sight unseen. Some of them want us to drive to Timbuktu and back again several times. And dog after dog after dog that we applied for was snatched up from underneath us because, you know, we might not have been 100% sure after a various phone conversation and we wanted to do a meet and greet. And with all of this, you have to act really, really quickly, I learned. And I learned that very fast. So, Finally, after all this madness and frenzy and me not really knowing what Pa was up anymore, I decided to kind of give up for a little while. And um, right when I did, one of the ladies I'd been working with who we'd spoken on the phone several times, she sent me a photo of Miss Samantha. Samantha was an adorable pity Heinz 57 mix coming up from Mississippi. The situation with Samantha was that it was foster to adopt, meaning you integrate the dog into your home very slowly and with your lifestyle very slowly, and you have to follow some pretty specific guidelines laid out by the shelter. The caveat for you getting to take it slow is that you dive into this all sight unseen trial by fire, literally meet her at the site of the doggy drop off on her way up from Mississippi. And you pretty much have no clue what you're getting out into, what their past is like. And if you'll remember, that is what I kind of wanted to avoid because I wanted a lot of information. But after talking it over with the rescue, since they did offer a lot of guidance on how to make this work and how to make it successful, and you really get the you get the choice, you know, after you've given it some time and thought and patience and, and effort, you get to decide whether or not this is for you or if she's going to go to another great home. 
So I, I decided that that might actually be a, a really good option for us. And I talked to Jason about it and asked if he would want to go this route and he went for it. And so in we went. He went uh, to go pick her up on last Saturday off of the transport vehicle. She came in off a van with loads of other dogs. And the the way that the uh, guidelines are set out, she just kind of needed a couple days to chillax and get comfortable with her new environment. As I'm recording this on Monday, her and Clyde get along pretty well so far. It's been three days. And at first, he was far more interested in her than she was in him. And now And he was also making sure she had really clean ears, just like Veronica, which I don't know if you've ever had anyone lick your ears to oblivion. Some people are probably into that, but I imagine it gets a little annoying after a while. (laughs) So sometimes though, you know, just when I think she's had her fill of him, she will pop out of nowhere and say, tag, you're it, and starts up like a little playground action. So we're kind of just watching them to see how they interact and, and get along. Seems like... It's looking good so far. She is a total sweetheart and really is just going to thrive when she knows that there are people that love her. And I hope it works out so we can be those people. But if not, I know that we're getting her ready to be a great dog in her new home. So I'm sure I'll update you on how it's all going soon and what happens and what her name is going to be if she takes on the last name Aborn. But once again, you know, it's really a bit like this second business with I really don't want it to fail. And I know a lot more about what I'm getting myself into. You know, I know the ups and downs of wondering whether or not I'm doing the right thing for all of them. And I know that's pretty constant. So I don't have kids. I have no idea what it's like to have kids. But I do feel I get a little credit because two dogs is kind of like having at least one kid as far as how much they keep you on your toes and how much like actual work I've gotten done (laughs) so far. So enough about the kiddos for now. We'll get back to them in a little bit. Let's do a quick touch in on the change of seasons. It's It was a weird summer, temperature-wise and, and weather-wise, but uh, now it is fall, which is lovely, and I found this summer was just a really, really, like, it was so unique. It was a very transformational time for me on the whole, personally, professionally, um, I think that's most emotionally <laughs> and physically. Um, we did a lot more traveling this summer than I've done like combined in all of the years since we opened our retail shop in 2014. I'm not kidding you. The summer before this one, you know, obviously it was a lot more socially isolated due to COVID. And the summer before that, I was so mired in work, I could not dig myself out enough to go anywhere. Like you say vacation and I was like, what is that? And then all the previous summers, um, I've spent my weekends working at the store and Jason and I had different days off. So we just, that was kind of like a no-go for a while. And for those of you who know me, you know that I am a bit of a routine and regimented and sometimes I have trouble unhomebodying myself, new word, uh, enough to go places. So this summer, I don't really know what came over me. Maybe it was just like because more things were available to me, but I said yes to like all the things and I plunged headfirst into really expanding my comfort zone. Um, And wouldn't you know, it ended up being a lot of fun and left me craving more of that expansion. 
So I went to the mountains in Maine, the ocean in Maine and New Hampshire. We went to lakes, rivers, the White Mountains, saw all my nieces and nephews, a cousin, my husband's cousins. We went on tons of hikes and outdoor coffee days with friends. And Jason and I finally got a chance to sit at outside at our local pub and restaurant, which we had always said we were going to do, and we just like never did. Um, in addition to just all the great experiences, I also really focused on my mental and emotional health this past summer, health, not help, <laughs> uh, this past summer, and I got some additional support in this area. And I know I've I've shared with you in a, in a past podcast that anxiety is something that I have struggled with and there were some other emotions I, I was struggling with kind of uh, around stress and overwhelm and setting boundaries that I've also been working on. I shouldn't say struggling with, working on. And so it was through the work that I've been doing that I really think all the traveling and adventuring was even able to happen. And I got to say, so far, so good. I do really want to share more on that and some of the techniques that um, I use and some of the professionals I utilized down the road as I work with these practitioners. But one thing that has been really fascinating to me is that when some of my anxieties and worries are lifted, I'm noticing more of my true nature and personality is like right there under the surface waiting for me again. It's like I had filled up all that space with these mental cobwebs and now I'm kind of cleaning them away, literally sprucing myself up and feeling more me. And it's amazing. Um, In one of our adventures, we decided on a whim to book an Airbnb in the White Mountains. Now, if you know me, uh, on a whim is not usually in my vocabulary, Jason and I really wanted to celebrate our anniversary, which is in October. And we also wanted to avoid like all the leaf peepers who would be enjoying the New Hampshire foliage in October. So we booked something a little early for just the two of us. Fun fact, Jason and I have not gone anywhere together, barring out to dinner, where we were not meeting someone or going someplace with other people. We always go stay with someone, go visit someone, have family on the other side of a destination. This time, it was just us. And it was the first time we have been anywhere, just us, since Christmas of 2012, which even then, I'm realizing that we stopped at my parents' house on the way home. So I don't know if that even counts, (laughs) but we're gonna count that one because I can't say we've never done anything for just ourselves. So we were scheduled to kind of like kick off on Friday and return Monday for a nice long weekend. And when we looked at the weather a week or so before it rained, it was not just a sprinkle. It was like going to be massively raining its ass off. So I'm fine hiking in the rain, but I'm not, I I walk in the rain, but I am not really a huge fan of hiking and walking in a torrential downpour. It's just not my idea of a good, uh, of a good time. So I'm not a fan of that. And I was like, well, what on earth are we going to do if we can't hike in the White Mountains? Like in the place you're supposed to be enjoying all the hiking. (laughs) We can't just go to an Airbnb and hang out. That was my husband's suggestion, which is great. Uh, He wanted, you know, like yummy food and movies and staying cozy. But honestly, you guys, I don't want to spend $1,000 to do that. I can do that at my house for free with my own forks and knives and oven and all that stuff. So I almost wrote to the Airbnb lady. Uh, The Airbnb though had a really strict no refunds policy, but I was still gonna like write her and beg for a return, a refund. But 
we decided to just see how it panned out. And if it really did rain nonstop, I would bring my notebook and, you know, write a novel between movie features and snacks. Whatever happened, I was going to just trust that it would all be okay and be a great experience. And so guess what? We hopped in the car and we went and it only ended up raining one day and that was the day that we were driving there which who cares that entire day was just packing driving grocery shopping and unpacking (laughs) um so it was kind of a wash anyway so then after that first day it was sunshine and lovely and we just had a blast breathing in that clean mountain air and enjoying what i'm gonna go ahead and call our honeymoon because we did not take one of those either So trust, trust is also the word I just had to keep bringing myself back to during the whole dog searching process. No matter what happens, trust. Trust that the right one will end up with us. And whatever happens, it's exactly how it's supposed to be. It was like when we were buying our first house. Our realtor kept telling us that. And thank goodness the house we put an offer on first fell through because I would most definitely be too busy cleaning it from top to bottom to have time to do a podcast, never mind running two businesses and considering getting a second dog. So in general, just like whatever season you're in, whatever you're going through, we just need to remember to trust the process. It feels so much better already, doesn't it? (laughs) So now that I think of it, you know, talking about the layers of anxiety being lifted and that true personality coming out and trusting. It's kind of like that with the pups too. You know, when you really help to start helping them gain their confidence in themselves and the fact that they're safe and loved and well-fed and they're coming now to a place of abundance rather than lack, their true personalities start to shine through too. When Clyde first came to us, he was a scared little guy and he had lots of worries that we were going to abandon him. And as we worked with him to help him build his confidence, he has become his true person, his true colors have shown and he's the life of the party. He's totally fun, goofy guy. And I think it's just going to keep getting better for him, honestly. Um, I hope the same thing for Miss Thang, no matter what her future holds. And One last thing I want to say about these, just like these two little goofballs, we have our own brand of quirky too, right? One fun post I did on Instagram recently was sharing four things that I despise that most people like. I'll call them most normal people. It's just like normal things that people love and I cannot stand them. And I've been having really a lot of fun reading the comments from that post and hearing about what other people do and don't like and what other people have to say about the stuff that I don't like because it's the stuff that makes us different that is all the difference, right? It's really our weirdness and quirks that make us more lovable than not. So I guess to kind of wrap up here, um, I just want to encourage you all. I hope you got some fun little takeaways from my canine adventures and my my uh, Airbnb adventures. And I just want to encourage you all to keep on being yourself and embracing even those things about yourself that you think might not be for everyone. Because if you were for everyone, you wouldn't be for yourself. And that would be not really a fun way to go through life, would it? Simply being you is what makes you lovable and what makes you worthy. And it's a really, really nice feeling. So that's actually what, I mean, you're not going to be surprised to hear this, but that's what the theme of the podcast is about all this month, tapping into and embracing all of the things that make us our own unique brands of crazy, wacky, wondrous 
Next week, Lindsay Taylor and I are going to be sharing what we've been up to in the branding world as a collaborative effort. And then we will be taking a marketing spin on branding with Katrina Aronson and diving into some serious fun with branding and the recipe that makes for a great brand with Laura Beauparlant. It's going to be a good month and I can't wait to see you all here back next week. Uh, Same bad time, same bad place, same bad station. You know the drill. Lots and lots of love and thank you to each and every one of you that truly listen and support me with this. It means the world to me. And now I got to go see how the two pups are doing. So I got to let you go. See you soon. To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org. 